The show you're about to hear is a member of the Plains Talkers Podcast Network. To find out more, go to plainstalkerspodcast.com. I, my argument is you don't know. Yep. And whoever plays at the taxes doesn't know. One of these days, we'll get through a top eight without going on a 10-minute rant. No, we won't. Uh, you got Ragavan, Murktide Regent, DRC. The Holy Trinity. The holy, the unholy trinity, in my opinion. <laughs> Plenty of decks don't get to draw three cards for one man. Well, I mean, all the good ones do. Hi, I'm Jake. And I'm Matt. And we are Cantrip Cartel. We are proud members of the Plains Talkers Podcasting Network, and we are here to talk magic. Matt, how are you doing today? Not too bad. Uh, Diablo 2 Resurrected came out last week. Aside from the totally predictable server server issues, which has just happened literally every time Blizzard comes out with a game because they're super popular and they always, always have connectivity issues and whatnot. Uh, it's a great game. Played Diablo 2 probably two or 3,000 hours back in the day. So no one knows this, but Matt, exclusively plays games that are 15 or more years old pretty much Not, I've, tried, I've tried to get matt into dark souls 3 into overwatch into new call of duties into the new mortal Kombat. and while matt has tried many of them he always goes back to final fantasy 11 right or wow or diablo 2 no, no not wow i was uh, playing wow a couple days ago burning crusade wow right yeah i don't want to play retail wow yeah. wow yeah, that's get, ridiculous people are like wow got <laughs> wow got an update three months ago no the wow that was yeah 15 years ago correct just super excited to play that i started a uh for anybody in the know i started a bone spear necromancer just playing that i love necros my second favorite class sorceress is my first frozen orb but i want to be able to grind some gear first to uh gear out my sorceress so that's how i'm doing to, uh, to round out the nerd hour, I went ahead and did some games of chess. I started playing people. I went on a bit of a hot streak, so I think I'm. I think I'm, my rating's probably a little low for where I should be, but I've also lost some because I'm an idiot. I'm sitting at around 700. Mm -hmm. I started at like 500 because that's where you seem to start, and then I kind of rolled through like four or five, six victories in a row, and then had some bad. Are you controlling the center of the board? Actually, yes. Just I mean, like it's a yeah. That's very much. I I play very aggressively to play to the center. I watch Gotham Chess on YouTube. He's a very popular content creator, and I use a lot of the strategies he talks about for beginner players. I watch a lot of his games, and I use that stuff to hopefully educate my moves to be more efficient. And it's so I was talking to Sarah about it. We'll do a little five minutes on chess. So if you want to skip, make sure and just skip five minutes. I'll keep it around there. Magic and chess are really similar in that I have found the best moves in chess correlate with the most efficient moves. So the idea being that if you can stop an attack, if you've got a, a piece moving in and it's placing an attack on one of your other pieces and you need to defend it, and you can defend it either with a pawn or like with a knight, defending it with a knight is so much better because you're making two moves in one in mm -hmm. that I obviously want to protect this piece. I don't want to lose it. And I also want to get my bishop or my knight into the fray. So this allows you to do both at once, yeah. whereas... You protect your piece and you start to threaten with your knight. Yes, and I have seen a lot of games... Obviously, I'm a super low elo, but I've seen a lot of the games I win just this huge swing in power immediately from their bringing their queen out early and they're making lots of attacks and I'm fending off their attacks while activating my knights and my bishops and getting my pawns into a very defensive place on the board. But after five or six moves, they have a bishop and a queen out. I have both knights, a bishop, and my queen activated. I'm ready to play. Mm -hmm. And I, I had a game the other day that was really funny. After about six moves, what ended up happening was they retreated their queen back to its starting place. And if you looked at the board, 
what they had was they had moved one pawn, they had lost a pawn, and moved one knight. So they're not they're on turn three. The game reset, except I've got both my knights out. I've got the the center uh, locked down with both pawns and both my bishops activated. And that's yeah. exactly what I thought was in Legacy when you play a if you turn one play a dude and they go turn one wasteland, the game has started over and I am way ahead of them. Right. So it's a really cool to see like the correlation in Magic and Chess where they're totally different games, but it's all about value. I was some planning and strategy but value, getting the most value out of my pieces by if I can force you to retreat and get to activate my piece at the same time, yeah. I can get a two for one. Whereas all you did was take a piece that was already out, move it into an attack. I can defend and get myself in a better position to claim more of the board. And you don't have to worry about your opponents top decking three queens in a row. I sure don't. <laughs> Unfortunately, it hasn't happened to me yet either. So yeah, that's the other side is you don't get to get lucky either. <laughs> I haven't had a lucky top tech in chess yet. Yep. I have been punished quite aggressively with like the the typical new chess player where it's like, oh, yeah, that bishop was there, wasn't it? Yep. I've yep, had a couple sure games where I've blundered my queen away on like, you know, move 15, 16 or 17. But luckily, we're both 650. So he yeah. blunders checkmate. You both <laughs> suck as well. So, yeah. Hey, we're just going to punt. Back I had and a forth. hilarious game the other day where, yeah, I blundered my queen like like 15 moves in. And I was like, well, I might as well just quit. Played it out. And like 10 moves later, he just blundered checkmate. And I was like, uh, rook, cool. take, take, rook, back rank, checkmate. GG, motherfucker. So I'm bad. They're bad. Of course, we're all bad. But I'm trying to get better. If you're following at home, 700 is where we are this week. Hopefully, we can. My goal is to get in like the 1,000 to 1,300 is where I would love to see myself stabilize for now. I mean, that's that's probably a little high because I'm just a fucking noob at chess. But yeah, my goal is to get to the 1,000 rank. So that's where I am. There's my. Uh, we're looking about five minutes, so people are probably skipping through to about this point. So, Matt, how is Legacy looking this week? Right. So we're gonna start off with the uh, like we always do. Legacy Sunday challenge results. Uh, we'll talk about it a little later, but there was no uh, Saturday challenge. So top eight, you've got in first mono green cloud post. Not necessarily, I mean, the deck's been around forever. It's no surprise that it's doing well. It's full of very powerful cards. I was happy to see that in first, though. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's not Ragavan, so I'm very happy to see non-Ragavan decks do well or Urza Saga decks. So very happy to see that. It's a cool deck. It's one of the ones I've considered playing. Uh, I love spending just tons of mana. <laughs> That's yeah. so like I mean, it, it's basically elves, but with soul lands and sticks. <laughs> it, it, it literally <laughs> just casts fifteen Emrakul. Like right. there, the whole one of the strategies of the deck is infinite turns with Caracas and Emrakul. Right. So super happy to see it. Next, we've got is it Delver followed up by is it Delver? Um, hey, we we've talked are those about Delver these decks. or Tempo decks. Do they have Delver in them? The first one specifically had Delver. Okay. The other one didn't even bother with the other crew. It only has eight creatures. It's Ragavan and Murktide region. Gotcha. So that um, one's not a Delver deck, sir. No, it's a Tempo deck. Yeah. Is it Tempo? Those are different decks. Yeah. Just like you know, Dragon Stompy has no dragons in it anymore. <laughs> I remember, let me take a sidetrack. I remember when I started getting into Legacy a couple of years ago, Matt would give me names of decks, and I would say, why is why is Loam called that? Oh, it's based on a Life from the Loam deck. And now we're at the point where, like, you could say, why is Delver called that? Because there's no Delver in it. There's right. so many decks in Legacy. But it does use, it does, if you think about Delve as a verb, it is a Delver deck. Sort of, yeah. It <laughs> has a Smirktide Reach, it does Delve. It has the superior Delving card. <laughs> some Some decks in Legacy just have the dumbest names. Dead Guy Ale. Why is yeah. that deck called Dead Guy Ale? Because the dude who named it liked the beer Dead Guy. Names are stupid. Yeah. Continue. 
So in fourth place, we've got Doomsday. Uh, again, these are pretty standard. Yeah. Doomsday. Uh, next, we've got Sneak and Show. In uh, sixth place, we've got Curses. So that's exciting. Uh, some people. May it's not. been popping up every now and then. Yeah. It's been making some waves in the league. Some people may not know that Curses is even a deck, but yeah. Curse yeah. Tribal is a deck. It's all about being able to cheat out some like six and seven mana cost curses on your opponent. And, yeah. Basically prevent them from playing spells or untapping their permanents or making them sacrifice permanents every turn. Again, super cool deck. Uh, obviously, the it's not going to be the next metagame. It's not going to be Curse. So it on that list, pull up the list. On that list, is there a supporting structure of Ragavan and Urza Saga? Because that's what I really want to see is in these really so, third-rate decks, are we seeing a heavily, heavily supported deck on the backbone of MH2? It is, I don't want to say mono black because it does have overwhelming splendor, but it is a black deck. There's no Ragavan. It does have Urza Saga. You got to wonder how many of these games, yeah. and it is running some other things, uh, uh, retrofitted gonna... foundry and stuff to take advantage of the saga. Yeah. Obviously, it's got Chalice of the Void, so it's working off the back of that. Yep. Chrome Mox. There are things that are going to make Chrome Mox and uh, Trinisphere, so it's going to try to power out either a turn one Chalice or a turn turn one or two Trinisphere, yep. and then to buy itself time to drop all these curses yeah. and whatnot. I don't think I don't think I feel comfortable pretending that a deck is a good deck solely because of Urza Saga. So while that is a good addition to a maybe mediocre deck, I think that this this deck probably stood on its own legs this time, which is cool to yeah. see. Yeah. So I mean, you got you know six one half dozen for the yeah. other, where it's like how much so that'd be one of the things that'd be cool to see is if we watch this guy's challenge, watch him play, see how much weight yeah. the Urza Saga carries. I have seen. I watch. I consume a lot of content on YouTube. A lot of leagues, so they're kind of low stakes. But I've seen a handful of decks that would get categorized as kind of like jank or really weird or really interesting, except they have Ragavan and Urza Saga, or maybe even just Urza Saga. And like maybe two of their matches, they won because of Urza Saga. The deck never did its thing. The mm -hmm. deck never accomplished anything other than casting some removal spells, casting a counter spell, and then writing the backbone of Urza Saga, making two five fives and beating face. Right. Following that up, we've got Death and Taxes. Looks like a pretty standard list. Nothing really special about that. Uh, did not have Yorion, so just pure That's death special, and really. Yeah, I, uh, there's pretty consistent like banter back and forth as to whether or not Yorion's worth it or not. Doesn't seem like there's there's not a definitive answer. Yeah. There's pluses and minuses to Which both. Which is absolutely hilarious. So a lot of it's just preference. There's no definitive answer whether or not the 80-card deck is better than the 60-card deck or yeah. vice versa. The points that was uh, brought up I thought was very interesting there's a lot of cards in Death and Taxes that you don't really want early on. Yeah. And the guy was making the point that it does make them less likely to be drawn early. Sure does. And you can still, like, one of the problems with Death and Taxes is you open up your opening hand and you've got two or three equipment in your opening hand. Yeah. Like, that's a bad hand. Having an 80-card deck makes that opening hand far less likely, and you're not that much less likely to still draw into them. <laughs> Talk about dudes making lemonade. <laughs> right. I was, I'm happy to see that the whole stigma of the 60 or bust is kind of being broken. The idea that if you're running more than 60 cards, you're just wrong, bar none, no matter what. And some people still will think that. But obviously, there are plenty of people putting up tournament results with 80-card decks. You cannot convince me that for every deck, in every instance, 60 is the right number. Right. I'm going to take a bit of a stance here that I don't see anyone else ever take. For a lot of decks in Legacy, we haven't found the right number of cards. There could be a lot of decks where the right number is 66 cards. Yep. And you, I don't think you can prove to me that's wrong because we now we have 80 card decks with, in my opinion, minimal payoff. Yorion is great in the grindy games as a late game finisher. Plenty of games don't go that late. Yorion is useless 
80 cards is not that big of a hindrance sometimes. I always look at more of basically like a baseline. Like you should have 60 cards in your deck. Yes. Unless you have a compelling reason not to. 60 now, cards is a wonderful rule of thumb. Right. Now, the compelling reason for death and taxes sometimes is Yorion. There are plenty of ETBs in death and taxes. Yep. Uh, going up to 80 allows you to get solitude, which is, again, an ETB. There's a lot of synergy there. I hate that statement. It doesn't allow you to get solitude. And I know I know what you mean. People will say that, though. Compared to the stock list. Yeah. Just so you know, listener, you could have played solitude before. You could have run 64. Well, that's true. But, again, there are costs to that. Yep. Having Yorion offsets some of the cost to having that. It does. And because it has an ETB, there's synergy there. That's what I'm getting. There is. So there isn't any synergy. You want to know some, you you know some anti-synergy? Your chat, you still only have four uh, Aether Vials. Yep. Like that's it. You still only have four Thalias. Like Thalia is arguably your best turn two. Mom or Vial is arguably your best turn one. Those cards are diluted. The other, I'm not, I'm, saying, I'm not arguing with Matt specifically. He's taken the position. It might be his position, but the position of many p- players that would argue this with me. The other thing about Yorion that I have a lot of experience based on Historic, where I play a Yorion Emergent Ultimatum deck, sideboarding feels like a waste of fucking time when you're running 80 cards. Because I'm going to add three cards to my 80-card deck. Yep. And, you know, yeah, adding three cards to a 60-card deck is still a small number. Adding it to an 80-card deck is like, I'm never going to see this fucking card. Well, that's one of the beautiful things about Death and Taxes, in my opinion. And it's why the the cost isn't as steep with other decks. Because death and taxes is so redundant, and there's so it runs so many four ofs compared to most other decks. Yeah, many of the effects it's just trying to get their hate bears. So like, yes, you need the right hate bear for the right matchup, but you're running hate bears. You've got recruiter the guard. The deck by its nature offsets some of these things, and that's why you can see it's often the best call to run Yorion, where running sixty cards isn't necessarily the right call because you can offset something some of these costs. And then still get the value from Yorion. Obviously, some decks that matters, some decks it doesn't. Yeah, for sure. Um, Like I've argued with Elves, I think I run 61 cards. I think the value of an additional card as a Green Sun Zenith target is worth the slightly less inconsistent, Mm -hmm. slightly more inconsistent draw. I'm not going to sit here and pretend for a second that every deck should be considering running more than 60. There are a lot of decks who you... Delver is a perfect example of a card that should never run more than 60 You need 60 cards, that's it. You need to stick at 60. Delver should run 40 cards if you'd let it. The the (laughs) argument that every deck is optimized at 60 is, I think, just wrong. Right. Because there are severe costs to making Death and Taxes 80 cards. And like I said, your best turn ones are way less likely to happen Unless you aggressively mulligan, and now you're, I mean, going down on cards is not a good excuse for an eighty-card deck. So, those costs are, are are worth it, though. They players have been paying these costs in terms of making their deck eighty cards, less turn one aether vials, less turn one moms, less turn two thalias, and the deck still performs phenomenally. So maybe Doomsday is supposed to be a sixty-eight card deck. Maybe Elves is supposed to be a sixty-three card deck. I my argument is you don't know. Yep. And whoever plays Death and Taxes doesn't know, and whoever plays whatever, doesn't know for sure that their deck has to be at 60. And I think it'd be really cool to see, and we won't, but it'd be really cool to see people start playing around with that and like, well, that's one of the, maybe Reanimator needs 62 cards because maybe there's a, maybe it's worth running Dance of the Dead. Right. That's one of the cool things elves players do. Like, you'll see it all the time where people run like 65 card elf decks. I think I saw one tournament where a dude runs, ran 70. There's no, there's no like Yorion payoff here. It's just a guy running a 70 card deck. And that's 
that's one of the cool things I like about elves, just the way, I mean, this, I'm going to talk about elves all the fucking time. In this conversation, elves is one of those decks that historically has had players run like more than 60 cards and they do it yeah. successfully. That's And you know, nine times out of 10, when someone bumps it up past 60, they're wrong, but we're, we're brewing. I mean, nine times out of 10, when anyone brews anything, they're wrong. But once in a while, somebody brews death and taxes. Right. Once in a while, somebody brews humans. So, so that's just one of the things to keep in mind. Just guys, <laughs> like a lot of a lot of magic players, and I'm guilty of this too, they get kind of calcified in their thinking. Oh, absolutely. So, you know, 10, 15 years ago, someone was like, you know, mathematically 60 cards is the best yep. because you're more likely to draw your most powerful cards as you add more cards you dilute the overall average of your power level of your cards that all is fine like i said there has to be a benefit mm -hmm. that outweighs the cost and to say that this is one of the things i've heard a lot of people talk about consistency is not the only thing that matters in a deck and that's really all you're changing mm -hmm. when you add more cards you're making your deck slightly less consistent but there can be upsides to that one of these days we'll get through a top eight without going on a 10 minute rant no we won't <laughs> Just give on phone. That's a pipe dream. Was that the only? Was that the end of the top eight? Was Death and Taxes the eighth uh, place? Om, uh, Omnitel. And then Omnitel came in eighth. Green, blue, Omnitel, Uros, gotcha. Omniscience, Grizzle Parent, and McCruel. Green, blue. That's a green, blue is an is an interesting Omnitel variant. Usually, you see Omni sneak and show. It's been more and more common since Uro popped up because it's a great yeah. Plan B, where it's just like, well. I'm still going to yeah. run one of the best cards. Uh, all your stuff's probably going to end up in the graveyard from being countered right. and all your cantrips. So it's just, you know, hey, I'm going to run a decent plan B. I'm not going to go all in on, yeah. uh, you know, sneak attack and whatnot. I'm going to run just show and tell and omniscience and some other things and then have good, fill the deck with good cards. That's the end of that challenge. Before we go on to some of their stuff, I did want to bring up, I know Matt did too. So the Saturday challenge didn't fire. Saturday challenge last week didn't fire. Even the Sunday challenge, which we discussed, is the premier challenge. That's where the real players show up. Fired with 67-ish people out of the needed 64. Right. We have been talking for weeks now that we didn't think Legacy was in a particularly good place. And again, the reason we started this podcast was other content creators were not, were not mirroring that opinion. So we thought we were the only people that felt it that way. So we started our podcast. There has been a bit of a surge in people on Reddit, on Facebook. This is all anecdotal, but Reddit and Facebook and whatnot starting to kind of complain that Legacy is becoming a little stale. It's not really an interesting format to be playing in because what Legacy is, is Ragavan, is Urza Saga, is Murktide, and Delver. And we are really happy that people agree with us. Yeah, um, it's well, that's one of the things it kind of sucks to be right about. I was hoping that this wouldn't happen from, I mean, the day Modern Horizon spoilers came out, Jake and I were talking about these cards. Every, like, to a card. I wasn't, not that it wouldn't happen. I was hoping that it would get fixed. Because obviously, I mean, again, in my opinion, it was happening. Right. So we're, we're talking about something that's already occurring, and we're just in this echo chamber of nobody agrees with us that Legacy's in a bad place because content creators love the upheaval. And I've seen a lot of content creators who, to their credit, have a million times our audience and are way more prolific, but talking about it's actually what I was referencing before. They they're playing lots of cool, fun brews, lots of new, cool, janky stuff, and a lot of their cool, new, janky stuff is packing for Ragavan, for Urza Saga, and then insert a DRC or Murktide. And right. it's like I get that your janky dwarf brew is really cool, but you're not playing, in my opinion, a dwarf combo deck. You're playing a Ragavan Urza Saga deck, or maybe just an Urza Saga deck that has dwarves in it, with with a really cool synergy of of dwarves, but a solid like backup plan. Like 
you you brought your your new lock pick to break in, but you also bought a bra- brought a baseball bat just in case. Right. I couldn't agree more. It's one of those things. One of the things I've noticed: content creators not only do they like upheaval, they love. I mean, if I, I mean, it's we're in the same boat. Where it's just like, well, nothing happened in Magic. What are we going to talk about? It'd be awesome if there was a ban today. It'd give us something to talk about. Yeah, that'd be cool. They love when new cards come out. But well, in one a of the other, would be awesome. Correct. One of the things I've also noticed: high-end Magic players just like playing with powerful cards. So they, it kind of colors their decisions. Mm-hmm. Where it's just like, well, yeah, I love playing with Ragavan. He's an amazing card. I win more games when I have Ragavan. That doesn't mean he's good for the format. That doesn't mean Urza Saga is good for the format. You have to keep in mind when your engagement starts to drop, which Legacies clearly has since the peak of Modern Horizons 2 when everyone was super excited and brewing to now where back-to-back Saturday challenges aren't firing, Sunday Sunday challenges are barely firing, and meanwhile, like, Modern isn't having the same issues, Standard isn't having the same issues. Like, it's clearly localized in Legacy where people just aren't really super excited to play Legacy yep. at the moment. And one of the things we spoke about was there's 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 a distinct possibility and a, pro- a high probability that you know, Legacy isn't a hot pile of garbage. No, it's, it's not. not. Legacy is still relatively fun to play. The problem is I think Modern is way more fun to play. And so you have these competing interests of... Would you rather play a mediocre format or a good one? Yeah. And, you know, a lot of people that play Legacy also play Modern. So they look at a they look at it and go yeah legacy is an is an okay place maybe they're of an opinion like us where I don't really want to play Delver four times today, right? But modern has a challenge firing today that is going to be probably a lot more fun. I can go play some really more cool some cool fun decks like Hammer Time, uh, Four Color Elementals, Reanimator, Living End, and Burn. Creativity. I mean, there's a chance that just an increase in what at least in our opinion the interestingness and the the funness of modern has coincided with this mild decrease or moderate decrease in the funness of Legacy, and that equates to a lot of Legacy players playing Modern and Legacy events not firing. And once you start not firing events, I think WotC needs to really take steps to it's fix that. It's a red flag. For it, sure. It's not necessarily the kind of thing where it's just like, oh my God, this Saturday challenge didn't fire, we need to ban something. Yeah, That's but, not necessarily well, true. Two in a row. Two in a row, you start going... Well, what there there's clearly something wrong yep. here with the engagement level of Legacy when we can't get 64 players to show up to a tournament yep. online for probably decks they already own. Yeah. Like they can't be bothered to play. Well, and these problems snowball. So the fewer people that show up on Saturday, it stops firing consistently. People start they stop taking Saturday off so they can go to this challenge. Now they're permanently out of the Saturday challenge. What happens when it's on the Sunday challenge? Yeah. The 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 real world comparison I would draw is let's say you drive thirty five minutes to play F and M, how many times are you going to drive to F and M and it not fire? Right. So you know you drive thirty Before minutes you across stop town. Going. Yeah, you don't, they don't fire twice in a row, and that third Friday you're like, I'm probably just going to stay home tonight. Yeah, I'd rather play Diablo too. And it's just as likely that you were going to be the twelfth person they needed to fire. Yeah, but now that you're not going, now three more people yep. decide it, they don't want to go. Cascading effect. I've so, seen it multiple times in multiple different areas of life yeah i mean same thing happens at a at a job where people start quitting the people who stayed get overwhelmed they quit same thing happens here you're not getting enough people showing up at tournaments so people stop showing up to tournaments that cascades it's just a red flag be aware and wizards needs to be looking at these formats yeah going hey i mean this is exactly what happened with popper yep people stopped playing popper people started going to preliminaries with 60 basic lands in their deck 
And it, that is what that was the catalyst for change. Yeah, by no means are we that bad. No, no, not at all. It's not, not even, even remotely I, close to that. I don't want to say that I'm out here calling for bans. I don't even know what I would ban, but I'm calling for change. And unfortunately, change usually comes in the place of bans. It appears, according to people voting with their wallets, in a sense, their wallets and their well, time. They're voting with their feet. They're going and doing something, something else. Something needs to change. Yep. So, so uh, before we get too much more definitely deep Definitely Plague this, Engineer needs to go, just saying. That's definitely not it's it. It's the bane of legacy. Don't get me wrong. Plague Engineer <laughs> is a terribly designed card, but that's not the problem. You want to go give us a quick run through on the the cards that, you know, top, most played cards, most played creatures. We go through them every week just to see some percentages of the most popular cards and creatures in general, just to try and draw some trends. I can't tell us what decks are so being played. So this top 32 is more diverse, statistically speaking, than several of the past others. That's really good to see. It is. A elves players. <laughs> did we get some good elves lists? We definitely did. Uh, elves is tied with two other decks for the most played deck in the top 32, Death and Taxes and uh, the Jeskai uh, Saga Van variants that also would contribute the popularity of Death and Taxes contributes to the success of these of mm -hmm. elves. Uh, elves shits all over Death and Taxes. Most played cards, uh, pretty much the same stuff until you get down to seven, which is Expressive Iteration, a card I've talked about a little bit. But in Legacy, paying two mana to go up a card with card selection is very strong. It's one of the cards I called out of the set that it came out of. I was really happy to see it. It's probably not a healthy card for Legacy given everything else, but it is a very fun card. It also sees some, a decent amount of play in Modern. Uh, then you've got Ragavan, Murktide Regent, and Dragon Rage Channeler rounding out the top 10 of total cards. Creatures is where it gets interesting to me. Uh, you got Ragavan, Murktide Regent, DRC. The Holy Trinity. The holy, the unholy trinity, in my opinion. <laughs> then you got Endurance, so that's people trying to yep. answer. That, that fights DRC and Murktide. Yep. Uh, Grizzlebrand, so Reanimator's back, yep. along with Omnitel. And then Atlasaurus Shepherd, baby. There you go. <laughs> Number six. So shameless plug, Elves is an up-and-coming deck. We're starting to see a lot more of it. Check out our last bonus episode we put up, our Like I'm Five for Elves. It's a brief 35-minute introduction from an Elves player to you on how to yep. play the deck and how to beat the deck. Yep. Then you got Stoneforge Mist. This is basically just telling of the decks. You got Allosaurus Shepherd as your kind of litmus test for Elves. Then you've got Stoneforge Mystic going, hey, Death and Taxes is yep. there too. Then Thalia, Wirewood Symbiote, and Elvish Visionary. So that's, gotcha. you know, the cards from the most played decks are right yeah. there. Uh, there's not really any standouts. The only real standout would be Grizzlebrand making more appearances. He's kind of outweighed his percentage there. Yeah. But, I mean, so the meta is a lot of tempo and combo. We've seen that a lot. Yep. I'm happy to see a more diverse, at least, card selection in our top 32. Although our top eight is still hanging in that, you know, a lot of Delver showing up or tempo-ish. Yep. And then a lot of combo trying tempo to and combo. trying to beat it. Again, great week for elves. Probably not the best week for Legacy overall. Yep. So we'll we'll keep tracking that. Love to see it get better. I, I honestly hate to see wizards come in and ban cards. The only thing I hate more than wizards banning cards is wizards printing cards that need banned. Right. So I would much prefer them stop printing cards that need banned. Hopping over to modern. Modern on Saturday. We actually have two challenges. That's kind of cool. <laughs> Man, um, what's it like to play a format where you get two challenges a week? Legit Jund in first place on Saturday, and just kind of what you expect from a Jund deck. Some minor synergies with Luris and uh, the Spell Bombs and Bobble. And then beyond that, just everything that's the best at its rate. I was kind of curious when people would start trying to leverage Luris a little bit more than just Mishra's Bobble. Yeah. I the, noticed, the Spell Bombs, I think, are a great way to... They are. It's amazing. You know, they, these... Nihil Spellbomb and Pyrite Spellbomb. They're wonderful, flexible answers in the metagame right now. 
and they also just for two mana draw you a card. Yep, they cycle. They yeah, it, at worst they cycle. You know, things like Unholy Heat, Thought Seize, Lightning Bolt, Ren and Six, Ragavan, Tarmogoyf. Just the I'm sorry, did you say DRC? Yes, I said DRC. Gotcha, I, was gonna say. I hadn't said it yet, but yeah. yep, DRC. Just the in my opinion, the best cards in the colors at the lowest cost. Yep. And again, brings home first place. Really cool to see Jund doing so well. Hammer Time comes in second. We have Burn, Living End, Burn, Eldrazi Tron, Burn, and Crashing Footfalls. Red Mages. Yeah, it was a good week <laughs> for Burn. for us. <laughs> it was a good day for Burn. Boros Burn really showed up to compete today. And as I, um, as I have seen it described, I think Doomwake on YouTube uh, and Aspiring Spike, Life Total Control showed up in spades and did very good. Yeah. Quick question for you, since you got it open. Are those Luris burn decks? Because there's been some, it's hotly debated among burn players whether or not they should run Luris or not. Two out of three, that's a yes. I'll check the gotcha. third one right now just to, so two out of three. Gotcha. So two out of three, we have Luris coming in to get the extra value. Third deck, no. Goblin Guide, Monastery Mentor, Adelon. And a quick glance, what are we buying here? Skewer the Critics is what we're buying to not run Luris. That's the only thing I see on here. Yeah, that's. I don't know if that's worth it. I don't know. Yeah, I think I'd rather have Luris and have the ability to recast my answers or my threats. Yes. When, especially in a format that's, there's so many efficient creatures. Yours, like everybody packs removal. Yours are going to be dropping like flies. The, yeah. abil the ability to uh, recur them if the game goes long. If the game doesn't go long, you're probably winning, right? So. <laughs> now, I will say the player that did not run Luris did come in third place. He was the best, or she, yeah. but they were the best performing burn deck. And mm -hmm. so obviously we could just be wrong. Maybe the deck is better with- Yeah, and there's a lot one, of variables there yeah. too. Basically, I mean, lightning bolts, what that's nine through 12, might be the deciding factor over a Luris. I imagine what that's going to boil oh, down to. Oh, I'm sorry. To. You also get Rift Bolt. So you get, so I mean, I guess actually you're not, you're, you're, getting, you're getting lightning bolts five through 12. I don't, I'm not a huge fan of Rift Bolt myself. Like, it's great early, but good lord. Taking your whole turn, because realistically you're, I mean, getting three, three lands. That's your whole turn to Lightning Bolt something. Yeah, I'd but... rather take that turn and play Luris. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. But that's just one of those things where, like, we talk about all the time, you got to make the choice between consistency and power. And I think I'd rather be slightly less consistent and have Luris. Yeah. I, I think I don't know. This, over the long course of games, that's going to make the bigger difference. Oddly uneven disagrees, and they brought it home with, I mean, a third place is pretty freaking serious. So yeah, don't I, mean, get they, me wrong. I had Modern Burn built, but it's it's so much fun to play. It's so aggressive, and it's it's like 80% of Legacy Burn, and you get to play it in Modern. You're just yeah. missing out on a couple key cards. Flipping over to Sunday in first place. If you remember, I think it was last week, maybe the week before, we talked about this weird Yorion four-color value good stuff good stuff you know people used to call to reference an old legacy deck old pokey pile yeah was just like in legacy a pile of the best cards to be playing this seems to be a four color pile of some of the best cards to be playing with yorion ice fang quaddle wall of omens eternal witness omnath like EDH fury solitude all of these are here to make the most out of your ephemerates so you know enter the battlefield tribal with yorion to back it up and then things like Lightning Bolt, Prismatic Ending, Counterspell, uh, Expressive Iteration. Just the best cards. Yep. So this is kind of this is kind of the Jund without Jund colors, because it's just running the best stuff. And there's came... at least a little bit of flavor there. Yeah. Because you get the Yorion with elementals and like just ETB tribal is kind of yeah. cool. But I mean, bring bring home first place on Sunday is a pretty impressive thing to do. So absolutely. Absolutely wonderful job to be money stacks. Be money three stacks. Good for them. Is it Tempo? Living End, 
Jund again, Hammer Time, Demir Mill, Burn, and what was this black, red, green deck again? I forget. That uh, Yogma Sacrifice? No, this was Zoo. Oh. Eighth place was our Zoo deck. So, I mean, legit Tribal Flames. That's Zoo, baby. Domain. Yeah, Domain. Oh. But, you know, DRC, Wild Nicodle, Ragavan, uh, Scourge of the Skyclaves, a card that we tried to break when it first came out in Legacy. Unsuccessfully, I might add. I mean, in Legacy, it we it, the deck didn't work out almost to a card. That deck poured it over to Modern. It did. And it then did. they printed Flame Rifts, and it was like, that was the card. Yeah. <laughs> like, and that, and I mean, that deck was real. Like, really, yep. the only thing that uh, changed in that, I mean, that was a, a very prominent deck up until Modern Horizons, too. Yeah. So... I mean, having eight swords to plowshares makes death and shadow, death shadow, just brutal. It's really hard. I mean, death, death shadow is a great deck in legacy. It's a, it's in against the odds deck in my opinion. When, yeah. when you know, when swords to plowshares could kill three of your creatures, Ooh, and now rough. people can, not that they all do, but can have up to eight of them in their deck. Yep. Just like, ugh. I think I'd rather play something. I mean, something else. that I've noticed: path to exile is almost gone. Except for maybe some sideboards. Mm -hmm. Like you're not seeing main board path to exile very often. It's five at all. through six rather than one through exactly. four. Exactly. Yeah. The the card disadvantage of solitude is way worth the basic land. The, the land that your opponent gets. Yeah. So modern looks pretty cool. Um we, we I was gonna talk about in legacy, you know, you can almost cut and paste most of that list from last week or two weeks ago. It seems like you're just you're just taking the same list of ten decks and rearranging them yeah, with tiles. Like a, you know, but late, uh, modern. While I will say a lot of the same decks are showing up, there's also a lot of really different decks. I mean, hard, hardened scales came in ninth. We, we're seeing hardened scales, uh, top ten essentially. I think it looks like a lot of fun. I think the archetypes are a lot more different, a lot different as well. Uh, in legacy, is there anything in there that looks similar to the deck you just bought into? Just out of curiosity, anybody trying to grief turn one? No, I don't think so. I don't think um, Grief Turn 1 is nearly as popular as basically anything else. Mm -hmm. uh, watching some of the modern content I've seen recently, I don't think it's going to be a Tier 1 deck. I didn't buy it to be a Tier 1 deck. Kind of bummed out, obviously. I, I mean, I knew that going in. I've been looking at the metas every week for the last month. Yeah. But again, I chose that deck because I think it's going to be a fun deck to play. If anyone doesn't know, I recently bought into modern with uh, Stoneblade Grief Ephemerate, essentially. Yep, I've got my rights of harmony in the mail. Yep, so we'll have elves. There will so be we'll be really horrible glimpse chains coming out real soon. We're we're hopefully going to be hopping into leagues and going to tournaments and bringing home you know top eights with tier two decks, which yeah. I think is totally doable in this modern right now. Probably uh, not with elves, but your deck has a chance. I don't know you're pretty good. I I think like player brings a lot to modern too, so I think your skill level might bring you to where you need to be. Most plays card, most played cards on Sunday: lightning bolt, bobble, counterspell. Don't think there's anything surprising there in the top three. Dragon Race Channeler, then Ragavan, Prismatic Ending, Archmage's Charm. Really happy to see that card. I think that card's amazing. So Control's doing well in the top 32. It's basically it's just, what that says. I mean, Archmage's Charm, there's a lot of blue right now, especially between, like, well, I guess if Phoenix wouldn't run it, but there's a lot of blue, and Archmage's Charm is just, it's like, it's the best cryptic command it's impersonator cryptic for command. three. Yeah. It's amazing. Like, I see an Archmage's Charms get cast more than anything as a draw two, and it's just amazing. The end of turn. Didn't need to counterspell, draw two cards. Unholy yeah. Heat, uh, Expressive Iteration, and Teferi Time Raveler. Then in our top creatures, Dragon Rage Channeler, Ragavan, Murktide. Am I on the Legacy page? Because that's this. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're the best creatures. Solitude. That's, that's why nobody wants to play Legacy. They can just play Modern and play the <laughs> yeah, same no cards. Yeah, play the same cards. <laughs> Esper Sentinel, that's a card I called as being one of, well, 
not like the best card, but one of the better cards out of MH2. It did not get nearly as much love as I wanted to give it. I'm happy to see it doing well. Yeah, I, it's a four of and one of the best decks in modern right now. I think that's good enough. Yeah, I love Esper Sentinel. Memnite, Ornithopter. So Yeah, so Hammer Time's super popular. Hammer Time's really popular. People love people love dropping uh Colossus Hammer. Pure Steel Paladin. Stoneforge Mystic and Tarmogoyf. So those four cards right there are just hammer time. And then Tarmogoyf at the bottom. So one of the things I would, that, that just made me think of, the uh, for years people wanted Counterspell in Modern. Yep. And there were always people saying, oh, well, Counterspell wouldn't be played. It's just, I mean, it's almost not even as good as Mana Leak and stuff like yep. that. So I'm just like, that sounds an awful lot like people who have never played against Counterspell. Now, I was strongly pro-Counterspell into Modern anyways. I think Modern had a just a deficit of powerful answers and control decks for years were just almost non-existent in any real people always try to play them because there's always going to be people who just love playing on your opponent's end step but they just were almost nowhere to be seen as far as getting results goes yeah so like i am i could not be happier i don't even really play blue all that much i couldn't be happier to see counterspell being played and control being a thing. A lot of these metagames are built, basically built like a three-legged chair, and Moderns for a long time was had two legs, and it kept falling over. You need that third leg of control to keep the other people yeah. playing honest. Control's good. I mean, so, again, it may not be the best deck, but it, which, I mean, I personally don't like when control decks are the best deck. I don't think anyone but, does except for the control pilot. Correct. But it is an important part. It's the same thing as combo and aggro. Everybody has their thing they like to play. They don't like playing against the thing that beats them. Mm -hmm. You have to look at metagames as a whole, and I without that third leg, degenerate stuff starts to happen. No one wants to play. I hate playing against prison. Yep. I've seen, not, not that we've seen prison. I just hate playing against it. Yep. <laughs> okay. What, what's, what's next, Matt? The thing Jake and I wanted to talk about today, given that we think legacy is in a rough spot, is how we would fix it, what our prescription is. And we haven't rehearsed this before. No. Nope. It's going to fly off the cuff here. Just brainstorming ideas. Band-Aids. So, no, I don't. No, no, no. Don't Band-Aids. <laughs> <laughs> the, so one of the things we have to start, we have to start with the elephant in the room. The elephant in the room is Brainstorm and to a lesser extent, the other cantrips. Yep. We have to keep in mind that these cards probably, at least Brainstorm, probably will never be banned. Gotcha. So that's one of the things you have to think about is if we're talking about cards, uh, about a way to fix a format, we have to take what the format is basically as a given. Mm -hmm. This format will play Brainstorm. They've said it. Aaron Forsyth has said it himself. I think it was on a Twitter post that Brainstorm is considered a pillar of the format. It's the form Legacy is the format you get to play Brainstorm in. Mm -hmm. So if we're going to talk about fixing a format, we need to take it as it is and not how we would like it to be. I would love to see... Some of these cards maybe go. I don't know if Brainstorm itself needs to go, but I'd love it if Ponder and Preordain went. That's where I would love to see the experiment start, is is what do we do as a format if we bump down to just less efficient cantrips? So instead of Ponder, Brainstorm, or sorry, instead of Ponder, Preordain, you see things like Portent, which, I mean, you could almost say Portent goes, but we'll say Portent and Sleight of Hand. Yeah, maybe Portant, those become our new. I think Portent's where a cantrip needs to be. Yeah, because like you get all the if it's super efficient, but you have to wait a turn to yeah. get that card, and can, so you it, can't chain it into other. It's things. possible players don't know what Portent is. Portent is one blue mana. You get to look at the top three cards of either player's library. You pick, put them back in any order. You can shuffle, and then at the beginning of the next upkeep, you draw a card. Yeah. So it is almost the same as Ponder. 
Uh, Ponder only lets you look at your deck, but you know, let's 99% say ninety nine percent. Let's say you're only looking at yours. It's almost the same as Ponder, except you do not get to draw the card until what would be your opponent's upkeep. Because it is also a sorcery. The cantrips have the same problem oh, I that say, something like Lightning Bolt does. Sleight of Hand is one blue yeah. mana. I believe you look at the top two cards. Yeah, one on top, one on bottom. One and into your hand. Yeah, yeah, basically. You basically put one in your hand. Uh, what do you put one on top, one on bottom, and then draw a card? Yeah. Yeah, but it's not like Scry 2. One has to go to the top. Yes, you have to pick between the two. And in fairness, there might be better cantrips. Sleight of Hand is what comes There's to mind. There's Serum Visions. Like, I, I, think slide, I think sleight of hand is way consider, better than serum visions. I I personally agree, but like these are among the you know yeah. the list of things. This is one of the you can take the exact same logic as to why they don't want counterspell and standard because it counterspell is always going to be better than any cancel with almost any variation. Where pretty much like you'd have to make it absurdly good like counter target spell draw two cards yeah. for three mana well, before the, the, you'd play it over counterspell the, right well there's a direct comparison easy to make it's called mana drain right where it's literally just better counterspell but as far as standard goes the comparison like so what they wanted to do is they stopped printing counterspell and standard because it limited design sp design space mm -hmm. they can't do anything interesting with counterspells while counterspells in there you can't do anything interesting with cantrips while the look at four cards ponder exists yeah draw three cards with brainstorm because yep. i mean so this is one of the the conceits of legacy and nobody everybody's gonna hate me for this brainstorm is not a skill testing card yes it is no it's not it is so powerful you have to be a moron after you've played legacy for a few games and you know your deck to play it to the point where it's as bad as anything your opponent's playing it's it's very you can mess it up so it's not brain dead like ancestral recall but any proficient magic player can play Brainstorm to 90% of its potential. And at 90%, Brainstorm is the best thing you can be doing by far. I see what you're saying there. That's a good point. The it's so powerful. You can play, as long as you're just not a moron who's Brainstorm locking yourself on turn one, you almost can't play it poorly. Like you can play it less good, but casting Brainstorm and leaving a fetch open and like shuffling, that's just one of the best things to be doing. So we need to get over this thing where it's just like well i'm such a good player because i play brainstorm yeah anybody with a few tournaments under the belt can play brainstorm correctly because it's so good it's so easy to play mm -hmm. and it's not that it's not complicated and there's not decisions to be made plenty of decks have decisions to be made plenty of decks don't get to draw three cards for one mana well i mean all the good ones do yeah <laughs> they do <laughs> that's and, and the thing is you can hate me for this but look at the results Every single deck that needs stuff banned out of it plays Brainstorm. When was the last time a non-Brainstorm deck got a card banned in Legacy? Yeah, Deathrite Shaman was out of a Brainstorm deck. Oko was a Brainstorm deck. Underworld uh, Breach Dreadhorde, was a Brainstorm deck. Deadhorde Arcanist was a Brainstorm deck. Sensei's Divining Top. That was very much a Brainstorm deck. Right. That was just Brainstorms 5 through 8. Yeah, I don't... There probably now, is one. I'm not going to... There probably is something, but yeah, that's... So, again, we're not going to talk about banning Brainstorm because that's not going to happen. Yep. But if Brainstorm is so powerful, if, like, say Brainstorm's a 100, right? Mm -hmm. Does that deck also need Ponder at an 80? Yeah. Or can it have Serum Visions at a 60 or a 40? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it, yeah, you think... already have one of the best cards. You don't need Cantrips 8 through 12 to be perfect. Yep. I think it would, like I said, I think it would be an interesting experiment. I would have been much more pro banning those Cantrips first before we had MH2. Unfortunately, I think MH2 gives us some more glaring problems that 
probably should be addressed first. The other downside is if those get addressed, we're I mean, it's just we keep passing the buck on banning these cantrips. Right. And the funny thing is, so the house is on fire, but your foundation also has cracks in it. Yeah. Put the house, put the fire out first. Yeah. <laughs> then, well, once be, things settle down, we can start looking at the cracks in the foundation. It would be really cool to see something like maybe DRC gets banned along with Ponder. I will ask this question of you then. What do you think is so let's hypothesize that we would like to ban one MH2 card. Which MH2 card do you think is the biggest problem and you'd like to see go in the coming weeks? I will cast my vote now. I'm going to lean on probably DRC, Dragon Rage Channeler, because what I hate about Dragon Rage Channeler is that it makes the best cards better. What Dragon Rage Channeler does is it turns your ponder into looking at four cards. It turns your brainstorm into looking at four cards. We've just talked about we think ponder, brainstorm, preordain are some of the best cards in Legacy. They are what make the powerful decks powerful. They are what get cards banned out of decks. Just the ability to move through your deck so quickly. DRC just makes those cards better. On top of being a 3-3 flyer, that's a great threat. It just moves you through your deck so much faster and it allows you to find the answers to problems. I mean, one card faster doesn't sound like a lot, but it snowballs. It snowballs very quickly. So I'm going to cast my vote that DRC was probably one of the best cards printed out of Modern Horizons 2 for Legacy. I think it could go. I think it's a toss-up between Urza Saga and Ragavan. I do not think Ragavan is the problem. I think Ragavan is a very poorly designed card. Individually, I'm looking at numbers. DRC, numbers-wise, isn't on there. I mean, it is because a lot of these things, and it would still get played. I'm not in no way, shape, or form because I think DRC needs to go as well. If I had to pick one, it would be, honestly, probably Urza Saga because if you're just going to pick the one, Urza Saga actually makes a difference. If you pick any of the other creatures, they just slot in Delver in that slot, and the, the metagame's yeah. exactly the it's same. It's unfortunate, though, because, you know, if they're going to jump in to try and weaken, is it Delver or is it Tempo, there's no Urza Saga. Right. So it kind of sucks. Like, Urza but like Saga, I said, that, that's if I had to pick one. Ur- I would pick all four. Urza all Saga, four of them need to go. Urza Saga may be the most egregiously designed card, but well, there was, it's not even in, is it Delver? Yeah, I know, but if you look, there was actually some data that came out. I was reading that uh, MTG Goldfish article. Blue Red Delver doesn't even have a, what we would consider a bannable win rate. Oh, yeah? The Saga decks do. Like, Jeskai Tempo does. And yeah. Jeskai's Ragavan, Saga Ragavan, Van, Saga still. That has a ban, what we would historically consider a bannable win okay. rate. So may- maybe we're just pointing the finger the wrong place. Maybe Blue Red Delver, while it is the most prevalent, maybe it isn't the problem. Now, here's the, well, this is the problem. What happens when you take out the Jeskai thing is everyone just starts playing Blue Red Delver. Mm-hmm. And I don't think you solve the problem. That's why I don't, I love the question of well, which one do you ban? I want to have a surgical scalpel. Right. I really don't, I honestly, I don't want them to come in and ban all four. I don't want Watsi to get in the habit of banning two to five cards at a time or three to five cards. I, I would like to see one, maybe two. Normally, I agree with you. I think when you have egregious design mistakes, which I think these cards have been proven to be, I think it's fine to just get rid of them all. Because, like I said, every single one of those, let's take this, let's rewind before Modern Horizons 2. Uh-huh. You could literally ban all of those cards, and Blue Red Delver, uh, Blue Red Delver was still one of the best decks. Like, yeah. we don't need any of these. Yeah. Like, Blue Red Delver was crushing, was melting face before Modern Horizons 2. It was like a 9 then, now it's a 12. But... There, I mean, like endurance was a huge pickup, and that yep. that was a pre-endurance world. Well, I so mean, if we keep endurance, that might be what we need to knock Delver down. Like, what we need to knock old Delver down. 
that might be enough. That's what I mean. Like if you get rid of the Modern Horizon stuff, yeah, and we have Blue Red Delver well, without the, you know, the new recent without broken all of stuff, their new toys. and you have you know six months ago Blue Red Delver. That's that's a perfectly fine deck I'll, with endurance floating around. I'll be honest. I think if you remove all the new toys Delver got, I think the deck becomes borderline unplayable because you've got so endurance just melts face in that deck. Prismatic ending also melts face in that deck. I mean, so, I mean like the the world we live in in Legacy where every white deck has seven premier one mana removal spells for those creatures. I think they need something. Unfortunately, I think Blue Red Delver needs something to compete in that world. I don't know that that's a bad thing. A lot. There is a lot of sentiment. I personally enjoy playing tempo decks. There's a lot of, we're kind of tired of this. Yeah. Which is why you get the banned days argument. Yeah. Which I think is fallacious because it's not the actual problem. I think the banned days comes from people who are tired of playing. They want a, Delver to dissolve. They want tempo decks gone. Yeah. And I don't okay, think. Okay. That's a fair argument, but make an honest argument, not, hey, we should ban this because we think. Days is the actual problem rather yeah. than the huge design mistakes. Days is forks for spike. I it's more powerful, but you look at force, look at what days does, and I mean, then look at the 10 lines of text that you get on every one of these cards. It is a free counter spell. Let's not jump over that. It's a it it, it is days, and, and important to remember is days is only as good as the cards it protects. Correct. So days 10 years ago wasn't nearly as good as it is today. When Delver was first printed, isn't nearly as good. Oh, yeah, at all. It's and that's the problem. So Wizards is never going to stop, as far as we know. If there's no end in sight, then you do have to talk about getting rid of some of these cards. Or you just talk about, okay, well, every time one of these cards that's poorly designed and overtuned comes out, we just ban it. But the problem is, who's in charge of the ban list? The Wizards. people selling the cards. The people selling the cards. And So there, I, with I, that in mind, I think there is a strong argument for banning some of these older cards. Days is very good when you have game-ending threats that cost one mana. In, well, the the part you're not saying is in packs. That's Days isn't selling packs anymore, right? You know, I and I'd love to sit here and say that you know Wizards is is much more of a holistic company that is you know generous and good and you know isn't out. Wizards to, wants to make money. Wizards wants to make money, and I'm fine with Wizards making money. I don't think anyone that plays Magic doesn't want Wizards to make money. That's that's ridiculous. If if you have that stance, you're silly. I don't want Wizards to make money at the expense of their game. That's what I fear is happening is Wizards is very happy to print these incredibly overpowered cards that should not exist with the knowledge they can ban them later once they are out of print. That's what I don't want to have proven true. Um, right. You know, I, part of me kind of believes that they would do that. That's the that's the evil side of capitalism people talk about where like this company is kind of cannibalizing its own customer base. And I hope that's not true. I'd love to see it not be true. You don't even have to go that far. They're just oh, there's there was a, wizards, there's been a lot of talks of that with I, with the. Well, I mean, as far as like calling them evil or whatever. And oh I know no, they're being, not, I yeah, know yeah. Wizards are being evil. But I know you're being facetious, but what the, I'm saying is, if their marketing strategy has changed, their selling points have changed. That's fine. My only issue is just be honest about it. Like if if I know for a fact every year or two, legacy is going to fundamentally change, and then if there's anything seriously broken about it then we're going to they're going to ban it. I want to know that because they're it costs thousands of dollars to play and I want to be able to make an informed choice. Yeah. I already know that about standard. I know standard rotates. Mm -hmm. I have no issue with standard rotating. Everything they're talking everything we're talking about is what they do in standard. It's to get people to buy packs. If, if that's why it has forced rotation, there's nothing wrong with that at all. The, be upfront about it. The Sell me the well, product you're selling me. The argument is in past in the past year or so 
when they've upped the power level so much, they've made these mythics so chaseable and then banned them right away. You know, that the argument there was that they are hopefully unintentionally taking advantage of people. Yeah, and making these cards that are uh, just way too powerful to sell packs immediately and then in the next month or two ban them when the when the initial rush is gone. The thing is, I don't have any issues with that. There are plenty of popular games that do that. Mm, I yeah. want to know, like, there's a reason I don't play Yu-Gi-Oh. They power creep stuff a lot. That's fine. People love Yu-Gi-Oh. That's not what I want to play. I just want to make an informed choice. So yeah. if Wizards, if that's their strategy, go for it. Knock it out of the park. And then I can decide which format that I want to play, knowing that every year it's going to rotate. That's fine. I have no issues with that. But what I don't like is when we have uncertainty, and that's what we have now, mm-hmm. where in the past they've banned stuff. Well, are they going to ban it this time? Well, this has a 52% win rate. It needs Miracles had a 53% win rate, and that's what got it banned. Like those kind of arguments, and that's why we're stuck in this nebulous thing where we're at now where it's just like, well, are they going to do yeah. anything? I mean, what you, are they going to do? Have you bought your Ragavans yet? No. If if you if I could promise to you, and this is this, this is a hypothetical question out of nowhere. If I could promise to you today that in five years, legacy will not change for the worse, it will only get better, and no cards will get banned. Would you buy Ragavans and update your current blue Absolutely. red dollar list? It's yeah. uncertainty that's stopped. Yeah. I mean, it this, wouldn't I mean the fact we kinda hate we kinda hate Ragavan, but we're not avoid like we kinda hate Urza Saga. We're not avoiding buying those cards because we hate them. We're not making a protest. We're unwilling to buy them because we're scared of them being banned. Right. And that's the thing. I don't even hate the cards. The problem is the cards. I mean, Ragavan seems perfectly fine in modern. Yeah. I mean, he's just part of another deck. There's 20 other decks going around. You may make an argument for a couple of the other cards or whatever, but modern seems fine. Yep. Modern has the exact same cards. They're all legal and they're fine. I wonder if Ragavan is better in modern because the hits are worse. I don't know. Why do you think Why do you think Ragavan is fine in modern but not in legacy? Do you think days? I bet it's days. Days it's, is part it's kind of, of it. funny. We're not talking about banning days. That's probably a big reason. Like turn one dead Ragavan is, I think, a lot more common in modern than it is in legacy because turn one in modern is fatal push, lightning bolt, yep. unholy heat. It's gone. Turn one in legacy, we spoke about last week. Decks are running steam vents so they can have extra islands yeah. to make sure they, they get to turn one country. days with their Ragavan. So that's probably so what it is. That's like most things. There's more than one factor. I mean, based on that, we should ban days. You heard it here first, folks. Ban days. No, don't ban days. Um, (laughs) The other thing to keep in mind is the shell itself isn't good. Uh, Part of that is because days. Days is part of that shell. But you also don't have force of will, ponder, brainstorm. Like, the entire shell is part of it. And that's one of the... Because if you look, that shell is almost identical in Jeskai Ragavans as well. It's the 12 cantrips. The six to twelve, or oh yeah, the six forces, the four days is basically the ten free counter spells. Modern has almost none of that, and at that point, a two one a jackal pup with an upside isn't as good because you can't protect it nearly as well. A yeah, jackal pup with two down with two upsides. There's a lot of there's a lot of factors, but clearly, Ragavan is not a problem. So it's not like it's an unanswerable card, and that's why you have to look at these meta games independently of each other because they are different. I mean, you could literally take one card from a meta game, as you can see. And change the whole metagame. So trying to compare whether something's good in modern or good in legacy, those two are just totally irrelevant arguments. And that's not you what you were making, but people have made those. And it's just like, that's not a real argument. Yeah. You're comparing apples and bricks. Yeah. At that point. <laughs> like there's thousands of cards that are different here that are legal. And one card can completely change the metagame. So going, oh well, Ragavan's fine in uh modern, so he should be fine in legacy, or the or the opposite. 
just isn't, in my opinion, a very good argument that I've yeah. seen people make a lot. Well, Matt, we're coming up on an hour. Let's start wrapping up our thoughts here. Is there anything else you want to discuss? I have, I have kind of so, a closing question on this. You don't need. I don't want any explanation. I don't want anything other than the name of the cards. You have. You get to make three bands. Up to three bands. I was gonna say two. That's what my my closing yeah. question was gonna be. Two. I kind of want to hear three because three. three opens up more options. Okay. Because two is basically just the modern okay. rising card. I will give my three, and I will get them in the order that I want to see them gone. Yep. I would say first would be Dragon Rage Channeler. Second is Ponder. Third is Urza Saga. Gotcha. Those are the three cards that I would like to see gone in that order, even if there was a time between them. Mine would first be Ponder. Second, Force of Negation. Third, Urza Saga. Gotcha. Well, you heard it here first, folks. Ban Ponder, then ban Urza Saga. Yep. Force of Negation is kind of coming out of left field, but I having the ability to run up to eight forces is ridiculous. I very much see the Force of Negation ban as a a valid point. The number of free counter spells in Legacy is too damn high. It absolutely is, and it really grinds my gears. Yep. Is there anything else, Matt? Uh, play Diablo 2 Resurrected. Uh, play chess. Let's move into <laughs> our. Let's move into the end of our podcast. We are Cantrip Cartel. We're proud members of the Plain Soccer's Podcasting Network. Will and Aramis are the Plain Soccer's Podcast. They run on Mondays or Tuesdays. Put their episodes out, episodes out on Wednesday. They are a phenomenal standard and commander podcast i highly recommend anyone check them out they are available everywhere we are available and basically everywhere podcasts are found if you want to reach out to us send us an email at cantripcartel at gmail.com we will read every email if you want we'll read it on air and we will reply to every email if you want to talk to us in a more personal manner hit us up on our facebook group at cantrip cartel we also have a discord on the plain suckers podcast discord where we handle all of our like i'm five and cantrip cartel business matt has there anything i have forgotten well, in that case, I think we're going to wrap this episode up, and we will see you guys next week. All righty. Have a nice night, guys. Oh, uh, play a fetch land, evoke grief, hold priority, ephemerate.